There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode four of season five of The Magicians. I totally just transported. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, ah, well, great. it was so good. Yes, I think it was the first episode this season that didn't get dusty. No. It came close, but didn't. There were if things Penny that wouldn't happened have that had an me. attitude that he had, then yeah, maybe, but but nope, there was no cutting onions this episode. But there were surprises. Oh, a ton of them. I think I went, what? A little too often this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this definitely was a trip. Yes. All right. Well, it looks like you got some ratings news. Yes, episode three brought in a 0.11 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.374 million viewers, making it the 103rd rated cable show for the day. I think our adults 18 to 49 went up by 0.02 from 0.09 to 0.11. And I think our viewers actually went up, but of course the the ratings went down. (laughs) We were like 59th or something. Yeah, no. Did all of a sudden everybody in their country decide to watch cable TV on Wednesday night? And... Right. Well, that's okay because right. this is an awesome show. And that's why we're going to talk about this episode and how awesome it was and how craptastic the synopsis is. <laughs> As always, episode four Magicians Anonymous. Julia lends a book to some lady and Fog finds a sock. I swear to God, <laughs> these were originally probably placeholders, and then they're like, no, you know what? Let's go with it. Right. To screw yeah, with all of us. Yeah, this is probably their original storyboards. Oh my gosh, they're just screwing with us. But all right, let's jump yes. in because here was a, a real surprise for me. Yes. The Realm with Katie and Fog? What? All right, Katie attends a Magician's Anonymous meeting, telling the group she's a hedge and has been clean for a year, but is jonesing hard. Afterwards, a girl approaches Katie and gives her a really hard time, and that the Archie is the only way to get to the realm. And surprise, well, surprise. it's not a girl, it's Dean Fogg. I mean, were we supposed to know that with the smart-assness? No, but we should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should have known that that was not some just rando smart ass punk. <laughs> it was Dean Fogg. No, I have to say, and I don't know how many people notice this because Fogg is always in his suit and smartly dressed. His tie that was like the most intricate knot I have ever seen. <laughs> and yep. I don't know how he was able to do that or who was able to do it on set if it wasn't him, but. 
I was impressed. I have to say that. I know it sounds silly, but that was just an awesome, <laughs> intricate knot. And right. really throws you off when you see this man who's been sober for X amount of time, who's very upset because he's sober and everything that's happening. And he decides, you know what? I'll help you out, Katie. Bloop. It's like, did he just pop that pill? Oh, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that. And he's like, oh, no. I'll help you out. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I'll go find the depository. You know, Katie goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> not without me, you're not. But, you know, he was saying it's, it is horrible being sober. So I'm doing this. Don't worry. I need my own adventure. But yeah. holy <laughs> crap, how funny was it seeing them oh, it on the awesome. quest? <laughs> Tripping balls, walking down the street, seeing all the colors. and That was oh, a really was just... cool visual. I mean, oh, I yeah, it really was. Acid trip is a cool visual, but like yeah. <laughs> what they were doing with the special effects, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Katie keeps Fog from walking out into the street and getting hit by a car and then takes off said tie and wraps it around their wrists. Now, I'm sure the knot she used was not the same knot that was originally on that tie. Oh, no. Hers was much more simple. <laughs> yeah. And they arrive at where the depository was, and a girl comes up to them and hands them some cotton candy. I love it. Fog's like, oh, this tastes like... And he's like describing basically an entire barbecue from like the burnt coals up. And then when he starts talking about brown bunny, I thought he meant like the ice cream. Then I'm like, oh no, that's blue bunny. Right. Now, of course, Katie asks the girl about the depository, and she tells her that only the emperor knows. Oh, this can't be good. It's like, who's the emperor? Yeah. Palpatine? <laughs> a group of rabbits stroll past them, and a brown one is what catches Fogg's attention. I swear he was going to walk in traffic again. Oh, yeah. He just, he took off and drug Katie with him. But they follow the bunny. And land and they, on a beach. Yeah. Full of lost socks. You know what? I will take that explanation because seriously, yeah. I don't know what happens to him. Dryer eats it. Right. <laughs> and Fog finds the one that he's been missing. Right Imagine away. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. And the brown bunny leads them to an old guy sitting on the beach in a Hawaiian t-shirt. He happens to be the emperor, but he looked more like Dude. Jerry Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all tripping. What do you want? Yeah, and he calls Fog Hank. Say what? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm like, huh? <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. And Katie asks about the depository, and of course there's a price. Everything in this episode has a price. Of course it does. So he has them sit on the beach so he can explore their thoughts a little more. Once he's done, he tells them that they're both really messed up, and they will have to decide who stays. He can't make that call. It's like, yeah, it's totally cool. And this is where I thought things had a weird twist, like in a good way, but it was weird because right. Fog volunteers to stay, and she's like, "What are you talking about? This is like heroin paradise." He's like, "Yeah, kind of the problem. It's like, yeah, I've had a lot of shit go down, and." I need a timeout. And I understand this because Fog remembers all the timelines. All 40 timelines. Yep. So I get this. And 
you have to do this. And all of a sudden, the emperor's like, oh, yeah, you got to go. You still have a threat of responsibility. So, right. yeah, you should just go. You'll be a bummer otherwise. I'm like, wow. Yeah, nobody can be in the realm that's going to bring the high down. So Katie gives Fog a hug. And when she turns around, she's back in reality and discovers a watered up piece of paper in her hand. She uncrumples it, and all it says is Hell's Kitchen. Hmm. DC fan much? Oh, I don't know. Could be Marvel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a whole thing that happened there. Daredevil. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, very true. But interesting because, like, she's out on some boardwalk basically right now. It's like, what? Right. Now yeah. She's got to get over to Hell's Kitchen and still find it. And she's. Right. Which that worries because yeah, well, she probably will power. get Pete, but Still. Pete's not going to do her a lot of good because Pete can't do magic. Do right? magic? Yeah. He took the yeah, he took the mark. I mean, unless she tries to go back and get her friends, but after what happened back at the apartment, yeah, that might not work out too well either. Right. So we'll check in on Julia and her book. Now, Julia is, tells Alice and Penny that they need to find someone that knows the big picture. But they're very well aware of what she really means is summon. Oh, no. Here we go with the gods again. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, Penny's pain is getting worse, so he wishes Julia luck and travels to break bills. Alice tells Julia she has the key to the library and will look for any information on the convergence. Well, that's Not a good. good idea to leave Julia alone with a god. Right. It's like, okay, that's good. She's going to do this. But yeah, Julia, I, she's kind of impulsive. Right. So Julia chants her summoning spell and at first thinks it didn't work. But then all of a sudden, Clarion, the goddess of melody, appears. And was she not a little weird? Oh, she was a whole lot of weird. Especially with the price. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can totally so. help you stop the convergence. And at least Julia is smarter this time. She's like, all right, what's the price? She's like, oh, you've you've done this before, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been watching <laughs> you because you were human and then you were a goddess and then you were human again. It's like, oh, great. Yeah. She worships Julia. Which is weird. Yeah, just a little bit. But the price is Clarion wants to be human so she can be a rock star. Because she can't feel the music. What? Right. How can you be a goddess of melody and not hear any music? Maybe she needs some Archie and she'll be all right. Yeah, maybe. So later we see Julia pulling the binder back out. Matt Fewer, yay! (laughs) I was really surprised he was back. And especially he was like... "Yeah." "Mm." I was surprised, or I'm sorry, the binder was surprised to see her. It was yes. weird because she didn't let him go. And I must light him up was basically what she was trying to say, or he was trying to say. Right. <laughs> and Julia explains the situation, and basically the binder says no. Which surprised me. Yes. But of course, Julia does not give up. Nope. And wants him to teach her how to do it. Now, of course, there's going to be a price. What's in it for him? And Julia flicks her bick, and the binder is all in. So this is interesting. So basically, she's like, here, I'm giving you a way to do it yourself. Right. So if you really want out, there you go. 
take the lighter and burn the book and you're a free man. Or he disappears. But oh. either way, I think right. he might be better off. Yeah. Now, of course, later on in the apartment, Alice and Zelda have joined Penny and Julia. And Alice lets them know that all the individual books are now gone. Which really threw and me off. Yeah, Penny likes the idea of having self-will instead of predetermined destinies. And, then and Zelda informs them that she knows how to stop the convergence. So I love that that he, he was like, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about this. And they're like, dude, she's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda's looking all sad. It's like, oh, sorry, Zelda. Yeah. And, and yeah, Zelda, oh, I've read some of this almost impossible. Stuff. It's, it's easy. Yeah, right. It's almost <laughs> impossible, but not that complicated. Oh. All you have to do is move the moon. What? And it's like she didn't yeah. know what it's called. Just move that. What? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Totally easy. Just have the, yeah. the tidal waves that come from uh, this and everything the, else. Uh, right. Yeah. You move, you disturb the Earth's gravity by moving the moon. You're going to cause it worse. Right. It's going to be a whole nother level. Yeah. So I'm not thinking that might be the best idea. No. <laughs> we got a plan C somewhere yet because A and a didn't work, and B's not sounding the best. I guess we're so going to we'll need go another to break, God. Yes, we'll go to break bills and check in with Penny is at the physical kid's house with Mira and tells her the patch is just not working. And he's got a new patch that he hopes will work, and if it does, he'll get one for her to stop the voices she is now starting to hear. Voices so he are not slaps good, ever. No, he slaps the new patch on and disappears and then reappears a few feet away. And he tells her that the pain was what made him disappear and he needs a doctor. Yeah, because this he totally glitched out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was weird, too. How that happened. was not traveling by choice. No. So, of course, later Lipson shows up, but. Absolutely nothing she's trying is working, and he tells them to get Julia. So, of course, Julia shows up with the clarion and the binder in tow, and the clarion says, yeah, I can stop what Penny is going through. I can't reach whoever is sending the signal. Which I thought was weird. Very. And you don't get both. It's the world or it's Penny. What a way to, like, Basically, find a way out because I don't think Clarion could have helped with the convergence. No, I don't think so either. How she couldn't stop the signal, right? So yeah, that she was all talk. So this was, I think was strange because I didn't know these were connected. I don't think I realized it. Right? Yeah, she wasn't going to do two deals. It was which one do you want as your uh, gift from me? Yeah. Saving the world or saving your boyfriend. And as Penny is close to death, Julia makes the call to save him instead of the world. I feel like, again, anything connected to the gods. Yep. Usually it doesn't turn out well. Nope. Now Penny wakes up feeling better. And, of course, Clarion gets the binder and off they go. Julia tells Penny they'll figure out another way to save the world. But Penny knows there's more going on. Yep. And Lipson immediately says she needs a drink. <laughs> yeah, I think that's when Penny's like, oh, crap. Yeah. And Julia starts to explain, but Penny figures it out 
his psychic abilities are now gone. And I think it was really weird for him because he's like, when he says, oh, the the quiet's strange, it feels just off. Right. But yeah, him just being so like, oh, yeah, I guess we're even on a karmic scale now because, you know, I had to choose for you. Yep. I think that really surprised Julia. Absolutely it did. And But it made perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) But technically he can travel, but he's doing it blind. That's what I'm saying. I didn't know those were connected. Like right. having to be psychic to to travel because I thought travel, it's kind of right. like all right I've been here I can go but I don't know maybe it's like sonar or something kind of right exactly you got to kind of have a, a way to know where you're going and what obstacles are in the way and without the psychic abilities you don't have that okay and so if that's not bad enough. Mira pipes up, admitting that none of this would have happened if she had only told the truth. And right then, when she oh, said that, like, no. oh, crap. Who are you? Her real, yeah, her real name is Plum Chadwick. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said. How the hell? And because of everything that has been coming at her, this was the only place she felt safe. She tells Penny she's sorry, pulls her patch off, and disappears. I thought that was interesting because she does say Chatwin yeah. is a curse. And it's like they were yeah. always coming for me. It's like obviously something with Fillory. So, you would think? Okay, I'm saying obviously, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but uh, okay, did she not have the ability before or was she in hiding before the magic was amplified? That's what I was wondering too. Right, yeah, I'm sure she was hiding, but I'm not sure where. If she was already in break bills or if she just came to break bills once we got magic back and it got amplified. And what is this curse? What is happening? And why the hell has Jane not clued us in on something? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now we'll go see what disasters lie in the library as it's nice and dark when Alice gets there. And she sees a couple of scavengers going through the books. Yeah. And of course, being Alice, she knocks off a book off the shelf, which gets their attention. And then just as they're about to grab her, Zelda grabs her into her office. Well, Zelda's still alive. Yeah. Last time we were in, Alice was in there, Zelda was nowhere to be found. So where has she been? Now, Zelda in, yeah, Zelda informs Alice that they are the Visigoths. And they always show up in the worst places in history. The Chicago Fire. uh... Oh, and they blamed it on poor Mrs. O'Leary's cow. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Thank you, magicians. It was interesting because they have not talked about anything like this. So they're magicians, but different. Because the one girl had a wand. Yeah. This is weird because I haven't seen any of our magicians with a wand no of course alice tells her she needs information on the convergence but the books are on the other side of the door no help zelda it's like oh yeah sure it's just right over there just go go ahead past them it's fine the visigoths get the office door off and begin taking down the protection spell that lady using her wand yes it was weird And then we get Overlord Terrence introducing himself. (laughs) I told you you wouldn't have been hurt. And I love it. Alice is like, yeah, right. Like, oh, no, no, no. They they don't lie. But. Yeah. (laughs) It had to be a but in there. Always is. But they don't tell the complete truth. 
So yes, I wouldn't have hurt you, but that doesn't mean the rest of them wouldn't have. That's how I'm seeing this play out. Oh, absolutely. And I can't for the life of me think of the name of that actor, but he plays He plays bad this guys part so well. Very well, yes. <laughs> now, as the protection spell gets broken, Zelda grabs Allison into another room they go. And this happens to be the room where everyone's story is stored, which is apparently what the Visigoths are after. Couldn't they have, I don't know, moved the door so they didn't go in that room or something? Right. Or move all the books Uh, magically to the poison room? Right. I just feel like, come on, guys. Poison room's (laughs) right there. Do your magic. So Zelda tells Alice to use her key and go, and that she would have been a better mother if she could do it all again. Well, of course, Alice tells her that everything that gets ripped away from us stays inside us. Well, that doesn't seem to be helping convince Zelda any, but this time, right, the Visigoths get the door blown off and the spell lowered. And as he walks in, Zelda tells him that if he wants to read his book, he better be a speed reader as she sets the books on fire. I thought it was Damn, Zelda! At first, I thought she was baking them out and then just put, like, real fire in front of them. But apparently, it was hot enough that they realized, oh, no, this room's going up. Right. We're not going to stick around for this. So, they disappear empty-handed, and Alice gets her and Zelda out of the burning room. Thank God. Yeah. Whew. Another close call. So, we go check on Fillory. Where we find Elliot and DK discussing where L learned magic and where, in which L doesn't reveal, but good old DK makes him an offer to teach him and make him the guardian of the kingdom. I'm glad he didn't spill. I am too. Because I really thought he was going to, and I'm like, what are you doing, L? Yeah, this too much information. Because, yeah, he basically just tells him, yeah, I've just picked up a few things here and there. And of course, L is honored at the offer, and good old DK tells him that his name is Sep. Oh, was it Sep? I thought he said Seth. Yeah, no, I think it was Sep. <laughs> that would make more sense. Now, now, maybe it was the accent, and it is Seth. I'm not sure I'd want to tell him my name if that was my name anyway. <laughs> now, L meets up with Margot, and of course, she's got to tease him about his leggings. Seeing that he is all dressed up. Yeah, it's like, what is by this? By DK. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got a new Legs boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mario also lets him know that the Centurions are a very gossipy group. Good for us. Saying that, some, <laughs> yeah, that some of them think he's evil and other thinks he's benevolent. Oh, that sounds well, like that every help. leader ever. <laughs> yep. So L asks which side she's on. And she tells him that if he's good, she's got his back. And if he's bad, I got his back with my axes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, later, the new centurions are in a training meeting being told to protect the king at all costs. And we see the uh, trainer go to a bowl that is televising when the king has to help someone. And these bowls are all over the country. So the People can see the king saving them. 
Oh my god! And I have Talk to say, about the best kind of pub you oh, can right. ever have. I thought it was hilarious because Elliot's like, "Oh, it's like Fox News," and the one guy's <laughs> like, "We would never listen to the foxes; they lie." What? I was dying, and I'm like, I know. "Oh my god!" Didn't, <laughs> didn't do it. Yep, they did. <laughs> so we find out some map makers aren't going to be able to make it back before dark. So. Off goes DK and then new recruits. Okay. Oh, this will turn out real well. They arrive at the house in the forest and are immediately surrounded by takers. And DK exits his stage left. I thought that was Go. hilarious. It's like, what? What just happened? Right. He just turned around and walked the other way. And it was great because Elliot's like, oh, that's very effective. Elliot, yeah. what are you doing? He's got a man crush, I'm afraid. I think so. Yep. So Margot takes charge of several of the centurions, but of course her buddy that she's gotten to know here just in the last few minutes is the first one taken out. Sorry, pal. Yep. And she uses a sweet double axe throw to take down two takers temporarily. Oh, it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Until they got back up. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And just as she thinks she's a goner, we have flying takers happening again. So, you know, DK didn't desert him. I just didn't so, know of course, what he Margo, was doing, though. No. So, Margot sees what DK can do as he apparently takes out the rest of them, then collapses in her arms. Now, this go, surprised me. It's like, what is he doing? Is it like taking literally something out of him? Because we didn't see that happen when he saved Elliot. No, no. I think one or two he can handle. If it's a whole bunch, like it sure seemed like there was, that took it out of him. And I think that's part of the reason why he wants Elliot to become the guardian. So Elliot can go out and do all this instead of him. Oh, interesting. Yep. And I'm thinking none of the Centurions really see this happen because no. the bowl's all cut off. Right. Later, the rest of the Centurions have gotten the map makers, and the trainer suggests that DK go with them. So off they go. The trainer takes Margot and two others into the house, and Margot wants to know what they're looking for. The trainer tells her who, not what, well, both. It's like, huh? huh? <laughs> and we see Margot rub her eye. So she does still have the fairy eye. Or the fairy power is in her eye. One of the two, I'm not sure. But she's able to see a fairy hiding below the floor. And it was and able course, to see her. Yes, because she gives her that shh sign. And then it's the fairy that makes the noise. Right. It's like, what just happened? Now, of course, they capture the fairy. And the trainer sees the fairy looking at Margot and asks if she knows the fairy. Margot says no, and he makes her cuff the fairy. This can't be good. No. Now, I'm looking at the fairy trying to figure out if it's one that we know. I didn't recognize her, but that doesn't mean all the fairies that stayed in Fillory don't know who Margot is. Oh. So... Yeah, I think the fairy knows exactly who Margot is. Now, does Margot know the fairy? Probably not, but she does know that she's a fairy. Okay. 
Uh, later on, we see L paying Sep a visit to tell him how amazing he was. And Sep says, uh, not, not as much. I was really only holding the action. That's got to be a British saying because I've never heard that. Holding my ground. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Now, L mentions not all the centurions have returned, but by this time, Sep is already sawing logs. Or is he? Right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, he's faking sleeping. Right. Now, now that's very possible. Now, here is my tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> All right. Let me put this on. Because magic is crazy, and we know that the fairies had magic even when the magic was gone. Right. Are the takers somehow, like, the children... Well, it's not the children of fairy, but like I, I don't know how to explain it. So they're connected to the fairies that have died that McAllister took. That's how I'm thinking. Right. It is. So right. not their children, but almost like their and not their ghosts necessarily, but like their shade. Right. So that's my my theory. So I don't know if interesting and that they look for the fairies whenever there's a bunch of takers because obviously they right. knew. That there would have to be a fairy around, which I don't understand that because we didn't know anything was happening. So right. how did they know? Yeah. The map makers aren't magic, so it has to be magic that draws the the takers to whoever it is. Either they're a magician or they're a magical being, and the only thing that was in that house was a magical being. But, oh, do you think that's why the other episode... That one guy had the tours, he was able to do it because he wasn't magic? Yes. And the only reason that they took him was because Alice and Elliot needed him? Absolutely. Mm. And the, the magic attracted them, whereas if it was anybody else, the takers probably wouldn't have paid that guy Any a attention? bit of attention. Well, these are interesting theories that we have and going down the rabbit hole, but what do you guys think? We want you to tell us at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com and go to our www.fangirlzone.com and our contacts page because I'm excited and I can't talk now. And you can contact us at all of those ways so we can all figure out together what the heck the takers are. Yeah. Somebody's got to have another idea and maybe we can put all of our ideas into a big crazy conspiracy sandwich and get to the answers. <laughs> And we ask while you're at it if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on because we are all conspiracy nuts. And it helps other people be able to find us and tell us their thoughts and questions and their tinfoil hat theories. And of course, we want you to tell your friends because we want their ideas too. And of course, come on, you like this show, they're going to love the show. Get them to watch. And we do hope you're enjoying the podcast because it's so much fun talking about all this and being able to go crazy and just feel like that's it. Pulling out the high, highfalutin tinfoil fedora so I can get some of this stuff done. Oh my goodness. But for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. Give me a phaser and a red shirt. And until next time. <laughs>